This is Dirt Road Less Traveled, where we talk about life with a capital L and take on the big questions such as who am I really and why are we even here? I believe we're here to express the hell out of our true selves, freely and unapologetically. So this is the show where we talk about how to do just that. I'm Maya Wild. Welcome to Dirt Road Less Traveled. Hey, it's Maya. I am really excited about season two of this podcast. I've been musing on it, percolating on it for a really long time now. I finally have a date set for release. So you're listening to this at some point after May 18th, 2022. And I recorded this first episode in a couple of different segments over a period of a few weeks, which is kind of great. And it really plays into the theme of just start the damn project, right? Like if you don't have to listen to anything else today other than read the title and then go do something, just start the damn project because things are a process. And you'll see, I noticed as I was re-listening to this and editing out some of my ums and heavy breathing that I tend to do, I could not remove all of my likes. I'm just going to have to learn how to speak without them. So bear with me through that. But this idea that you just start the damn project and from there you begin to evolve. So as I was listening, I'm like, wow, I'm really like high, a little hyper here. Ooh, I like how groovy I feel. Wait, what am I talking about? Do I need to re-record that, right? At least I've got some editing possibilities here in the podcast. But I also am such a big proponent of, let's just let it all hang out. Let's just start the damn project and have some fun. So with that... Welcome to season two of Dirt Road Less Traveled. I've been really excited as I've been working up to this because, you know, if you haven't, if you've got a vision of something that you want to be doing, whether it's like an artistic project or some new, I don't know, business merger or whatever it is, the big idea that you have that you want to put out in the world and you're standing around like speculating about it, you know, it's funny. I just made that connection right the second. That's what they called people, weren't you speculators when you were not panning for gold? What is that? You're a speculator. I got to look that up. I But I was I was talking to somebody today, a potential client today about this. Like He kept saying, like, well, but what do I do? How do I do this? And I'm like, I don't know. You have to sign yourself into the inquiry and the exploration. Like The way that I work with people is you need to try it out on the ground. Like, okay, we've talked. We have a sense of what you need to be working on. Go work on those things, and then we'll reconvene in a week or two and see how you did. Did it work? It didn't work. You didn't do it. Why not? Oh, you're blocked? Okay, maybe we need to look into why you keep getting stopped or blocked in that area. But we can't sit here and speculate. Like, would this job be a good fit? Would that person, should you go on a date with that person? You need to get to the place where you can recognize like, okay, this is a person I'm willing to go out on a date with, right? Like, you can't just go out on a date with everybody and see what happens. That would just be... There are some people you need to filter out, right? There are some jobs you need to filter out. There are some projects you might need to filter out from the outset. But when you're really starting, like when you're really starting out trying to recognize yourself amongst the whole array of humans you could be friends with or have sex with or be in love with or marry or the whole array of work that you could do in the world or art that you could make or places that you could live or what cat to have as a pet or should you have a dog as a pet? You know, all of those life decisions, like what should I have for dinner? Sometimes that's a quandary, right? So you need to, when you're first starting out, like 
Okay, I'm having like 17 ideas all at once. I want to tell you everything all at once. That never works. My point is here. You can speculate till the cows come home, but you really need to choose three and then go try it out, right? So when you take a step out, like let's say you want to start speaking, right? You want to start podcasting maybe, um, or you want to start singing, you need to choose a song or you need to choose a topic and then you need to go somewhere. I have talked locally at the Rotary. <laughs> you know what I mean? I did this talk when I was living in the Hudson Valley at this, there was a new like healing arts center and it was the two owners and one person in the audience. Like that was, there were three people in the audience, two of them were owners of the place and they didn't want to leave me alone <laughs> with the one audience member who had shown up and they were interested. They had invited me and so they were interested in my material. But what did I, was I going to say, no, I'm not going to give a talk until you can get X number of people there. No, I was just starting out and I had a great mentor who was like, if you're in a bathroom talking to two people, you're giving a talk. That's your audience. I really love that. It's like, it creates a little bit of flexibility, right? My point here is that you can speculate all day long, but really you need to try things out. And where am I going with this? Well, I was scared out of my mind, but I knew, I felt called to have a radio show. So the first radio show that I ever did, which I have not released as a podcast, it was part of my first radio show called The Moment. I have not gone back and listened recently, and I haven't edited them, but it's, it's a possible project. But I scripted it out. I was dog-sitting for a friend's dogs while she was out of town, and I was there with her two dogs and her cat in this big house out in the country, and I just woke up at two in the morning. Maybe I couldn't even go to sleep that night. And I took the dogs for a walk down by the lake just under starlight, right? Me alone. There's like bald eagles there and coyotes howling. And I just walked around like, what do I want to do my first radio show on? And then I got back in bed, and I scripted it out. And I rewrote it so that it was really clear and I taped it up on the soundboard in front of the mic at the radio station and I read. Now, I was an actress for years and I really trained in how to lift the words off the page. And in fact, at one point, my goal as an actor was, I was like, I just don't want to sound like I'm reading lines. Even if I'm not like the best character or I'm not crying on command, that was something I could never quite get to. I'm like, I never want to sound like I'm reading a line. I got really practiced at picking the words up off the page. And in fact, one of the producers at the radio station, I did that for a few episodes. I just scripted the whole thing and then I read it, but you couldn't tell. You can tell. There's a podcast I was listening to and I'm like, this woman just feels unnatural. What's going on? And it was like, she said that she was reading and I'm like, oh, you need to be able to pick the words up off the page better so you don't sound like you're reading unless you're doing a reading, right? So this producer came in, third or fourth show, and he came in, he's like, wow, you really sound like you know what you're doing. You actually sound like, and he'd been working as a radio talk show producer all over the country for decades. And he was saying, he said, you even sound like you know what you might want to talk about before you turn the mic on. And I was like, uh, it's all scripted. And he was like, what? And I'm like, win, right? I won. Um, and he said, oh man, it, like, it totally threw him because I didn't sound scripted. But he was saying that in many, many places, and you can tell sometimes when this is happening when you're listening to the radio, right? Show hosts, DJs, they turn on the microphone and then they're making it up as they go along, kind of stumbling over themselves. When you've got a talk show and you're not getting to your point, you know, which you might be wondering, is Maya going to get to her point? Is this what season two is going to be like? Yes. You know, I thought that was really interesting to hear because I was brand new to radio. And um, that was a really 
big deal for me to hear him say that, both, right? That it sounded like I had give it, given it some thought, um, well, three things, and that other people on radio don't. I'm like, okay, I'm ahead of the game, and that he couldn't tell I was reading. And slowly, the training wheels came off. I did it long enough, right, that I'm like, I don't want to keep scripting this. This is a lot of work. Okay, so let me write a bunch of bullet points and write down what stories I want to tell and what songs I'm going to play. And so then I went down, instead of like eight to 10 pages of a scripted one-hour radio show, I got down to two or three pages more of like phrases and bullet points. And then I wound up with just like three phrases. And then I was like, let's just come up with a topic and a song list. And then I was like, I think I need to know if I can talk for two hours live on the radio intermingling music without any script. And I kept evolving it, right? I kept testing myself and trying out new things. I wasn't just speculating, oh, what would it be like if I got in front of the microphone? You know, because you can be an armchair critic so easily, right? Like, God, this guy on the radio, he doesn't sound like he's great. Or, wow, this person is so great. Could I ever be like that? Well, you're never gonna know, are you? Unless you try it out. And what's really exciting about when you start trying it out, not that, I don't know, is it exciting that you're like sweating and shaking and freaking out and afterwards you have the shame response? All of that happened to me. All of that can happen. That's a topic for another time. But what's really cool is when you start to find your footing, when you start to find your voice, when you start to recognize, oh, that's who I really am. It's like you catch yourself off guard. I say that to people I talk to on the phone all the time who come to me for coaching, right? I'm like, you're going to start talking. I'm going to let you know if you're off in the weeds. And then toward the end of this conversation, well, we're just going to go like meander the road, right? Together um, with some leading questions from me to get you started. But I want you to just let it all hang out, stream of consciousness, do not edit or censor yourself. And at the end, we will intuitively know when we've come to that end and we're going to nail it down for you. What are your next steps? But I want to get people talking so they're in that stream of consciousness place and then they can hear themselves. Because we are so scripted, we're so in our heads, we're thinking so much, and we like prepare conversations or we seem to have the same conversation again and again, or people we're talking to don't ask us questions or they're not really interested, so we never we never go deeper with it. And so you can't even hear yourself think. You can't even hear what you really want, who you really are, until you start talking in a space where you can let it all hang out and you can get to stream of consciousness and kind of catch yourself off guard. People all the time are like, I didn't know that until I said that about myself. And I'm like, I know, it's cool, right? So the same thing is true with whatever enterprise, whether it's writing or singing or being a parent, right? That's a place where all of us turn into armchair critics and speculate like crazy when we're not a parent. But when you're in the moment, man, that's an improv. That's an improvisation with this random child that you might have made, but you've never met before, right? And you evolve. You evolve the relationship. You start to see who you are, especially if you're being conscious about it, right? And the same thing is true as an actor, as a for me, podcasting or doing the radio show, I started to find my footing. I started to get comfortable. I started to find my voice. I started to find my rhythm. And season two is really exciting me because things are different now. I actually just got a rush right after I said that. Like, yeah, because things are different now. And if you go back to the beginning, God, 
maybe I should release some episodes of the moment. I think I'll do that. Go back in and listen, maybe edit them up a little bit and then release them. That's kind of that might be kind of a fun thing to play with here in season 2 because, you know, it's another reason why it's great to keep a journal and then go back and reread it and you're like, "Oh my god, this guy I talked to today, he and you'll know who you are." I was like, "You need to listen to my podcast." So, if he's still listening here in season 2, <laughs> you're going to know that I'm talking about you. He had gone back. We had had a conversation last week and then this week we were going to discuss like, should we continue working together or not. And in the interim, he went and grabbed a notebook that he had been scribbling in back in 2016. And he's like, it's a really thin notebook and I didn't fill it. And he's like, wow, I was saying I didn't want to live in this town back in 2016 and I'm still here and it's 2022. So if you write in a journal, you don't have to write every day, you don't have to write everything, but if you touch base with yourself, you'll be able, and then you look back at it. I thought that was brilliant that he had done that. Like he'd opened up that door by having a conversation with someone, me in this case. And then he's like, what about that notebook? Let me let me touch base with myself. And then he's like, wow, I have not been keeping in touch with myself. And this desire that I have now, I had it six years ago. Am I going to do something about it? I guess it's a real desire, right? So you keep a journal and you go back and you look at what you've written. I know for me years ago, I was like, my God, I have been writing my entire 20s and 30s about how tired I am. And like, that's boring. Am I going to, and that day that I was rereading those journals, I was like, I am so tired right now. I'm like, okay, am I going to do something about that, right? Um, And other times you can see how far you've come, or I like to write lists in my journal and be like, I want these things. I want to hit these marks in my life. And then you come across it later, there's something in the act of writing it down that galvanizes you on a subconscious level in that direction. Again, as long as you're not getting jammed up and stuck in speculation and you're starting to clear some of the obstacles out of your way and you you know what I mean? Like all of that stuff. But if you can really genuinely plug yourself into the game and be living or writing or speaking or making art or music or whatever it is, you're going to get somewhere new. But you can never foresee where that place is until you take those first steps out, until you actually take that foray. (laughs) You foray, can it be a verb and a noun? Like until you actually step out and start playing around with it seeing who you are, expressing yourself. And then you can watch that evolution, your like personal self-expression journey. And then you start to recognize, oh, that's really me. Oh, that was me faking it. Oh, wow, I was really nervous. Oh, I was trying to impress somebody. Oh, I was interviewing somebody on that radio show and I was really self-conscious. Oh, there were technical difficulties. Oh, I just had a fight with my boyfriend before going in. You know, oh, I'm feverish and I'm a little out of it. All of those things have happened to me, right? But you also get stronger, you get more capable. And, um, but I just think it's really the coolest, most exciting thing to find your medium, right? And to give yourself permission to stop speculating and to step out into it and to watch yourself shift and grow and change and evolve and express and see what comes out of you that you didn't even know you were going to say before. But to get out of the armchair, right? To stop speculating and really start living and... That's what's exciting to me about the dawn of this new season of season two in the Dirt Road Less Traveled podcast, and I'm stoked that you're here. Hey, it's Maya. I am excited to announce Maya Wilde's prescription for a personal revolution. 
That's a fancy way of saying that I've got some cool new mechanisms for you to get out of your own way in life and start expressing the hell out of your true self. Come over to mayawild.thinkific.com. You can take my free Life on Fire self-assessment quiz because you need to know where you are to figure out where you're going to go next. You can join my private Facebook group, Wild Women on a Cosmic Mission and a Few Bold Men, where you get to meet and hang out with like-minded people as your real self. And I've also got a guided meditation on lighting your inner fire along with some journal prompts. There's a new masterclass to set your life on fire, the three keys to ignite your life. That's available also at myowild.thinkific.com. You do not have to walk this road of life alone and you definitely do not have to stay stuck. So click the link in the show notes or just go to myowild.thinkific.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe, share it far and wide and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I love hearing your experience of the show and I love having you as a listener to this podcast. So I'm back. It's a few weeks later after that first part of uh, this first episode of season two. Just start the damn project, right? So maybe you already paused. Maybe you paused the in the middle and you were like, I'm just going to start the damn project. I cannot recommend that highly enough. I, <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm like, as I was editing that first 15 minutes yesterday, I made some notes about some points that I want to you know, I just want to flush them out a little bit, but I'm like, just start the project. Really what's the message here is just start doing something and then you can evolve it. You can't evolve unless you're actually out there doing something. Now, there are some times where there are exceptions. I What just occurred to me was, I was about to say like, well, you can't get in shape if you're not out there actually working out. And that that's true. And there have been these great experiments done where people... Um, practice. Some people physically practice for 15 minutes a day shooting basketballs and the other half of the group mentally practices shooting basketballs and they both improve the same rate, right? So there's some cool stuff that you can do with with visualization and all that, which man, okay, so you're scared to start your project, whatever it is. You're, You're scared to look like an idiot. You're scared to fail. You're scared to succeed, whatever it is, right? You're scared. What did I talk to somebody yesterday who I was like, maybe do a fundraiser for yourself. She's got a bunch of health issues. And I'm like, do a fundraiser. Have you thought about that? I was thinking about her over the weekend. Like all her Facebook posts are about this physical misery she's in. And I'm like, do a fundraiser for yourself. I Man, there's some, I mean, if anybody's interested, if you have health issues and you are really ready to heal them, contact me. I I have the silver bullet. (laughs) Okay, there's like 27 of them, but there is this one supplement that I'm taking that is just, it's a molecular supplement. It's phenomenal. It's, I can't even believe the difference in myself whenever I take it. And specifically, I've been taking like a, like a triple dose for the past few months. And I'm like, wow, I look and feel great. So I was, she's aware of this the supplement, but it's expensive, especially to take a triple dose and you're, it's not, it's not a pharmaceutical. So it's not covered by your health insurance. I was like, why don't you start a fundraiser for yourself? Like a GoFundMe, a kick. She's like, no, I don't want anyone to know what my money situation is. And I'm like, well, like (laughs) I, I was like, I completely get it. Cause I asked my mother to fund this supplement for me. I'm like, I'm renovating a house. I have a lot of things going on right now. When I inherited this house, I was like behind on the land taxes. There's a whole story there, but the house that I'm living in that my parents built was supposed to come with rental properties that my parents set up. So it's like whoever lives in the house in perpetuity has these rental income properties because my dad knew. He's like, this is crazy. It's a huge property, all my art, house. uh, It's a lot to maintain, you know? And um, there was an issue. (laughs) 
as I was inheriting. And so those family businesses are gone. And I'm like, well, I have this health issue. I have a house that needs a new roof, this like huge 6,000 square foot, like free form concrete house is very unusual. My dad built it himself from his own weird mind. And so it takes a lot, right? So I'm like, well, my, my, my attention and time and funds are really going into this right now. And so like, so I need a roof and I also want to take the supplement. So I approached my mother and I was like, would you be game? I enrolled her completely. I had a whole sales pitch that I ran past her and she didn't want to hear it. She was like, whatever you need, I'll just give it to you. Yes, yes, yes. And it's working. But I had to get over my pride and ask for that. And so I shared that with this friend. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I, I had to get over that too. It was like a pride issue for me. You know, we don't want to look bad, right? Um, we don't want to look bad. And so most of our actions are defensive measures to control how we appear to other people. And if that's not damaging and fucked up, <laughs> I don't know what is. <laughs> that is a problem. And so if your project is like a healing project or whatever whatever it is, if your pride is there, if you can stop for a second and take a cold, hard look at yourself and be like, my ego's involved, then you need to get the fuck over that and start the damn project. Ask for the money, ask for the lead, you know, like be daring, be bold. They say that people regret not only what they haven't done, like people don't regret doing things. Like you come to the end of the road. If you've been listening to this podcast, you probably heard me say this before. If you've ever heard me give one of my talks, this is what I talk about. Like, what can we learn from people who are dying? Because when you're dying and you know that you're at the end of the road, you're like, oh my God, I can see my life so clearly. And here's where I dropped the ball. So we don't want to drop the ball. Let's learn from those people who've gone before us. And they say they don't regret what they haven't done. Wait, did I say that right? No, they regret what they haven't done. Wow. Okay, so I'm just out here recording a podcast. I'm just standing around. I'm like, hey, I don't want to end my day just yet. I'm going to start talking. (laughs) I'm going to start talking. And then you make a mistake like that. I could edit it out and make myself look a little better, but it's also a lot of work to edit it out. And you know what? This world needs more people who are willing to be messy. I don't like it. I want to look good. I want to look good. I really want that. It's not happening for me. Let's just tell the truth. It's like, as soon as I can start relaxing into, I'm not going to worry about how I look. Um, I, I can start to just express myself, right? Then I have a lot of freedom about being my true self. And so making a mistake like that, it's late in the day. I'm like not having a, a third cup of caffeine today. And I was like, don't have chocolate. You can just not have chocolate. I had some more of that miracle supplement I just mentioned. I took all my vitamins after my lunch of salad. And then I, you know, took some of this supplement after a call and I drank a bunch of water. And here I am recording this, right? And I'm still a little tired. I'm slightly under the weather. And so what? I can still talk about stuff, right? You don't have to wait for yourself. You don't have to wait to be in the perfect spot. So again, what's that deathbed lesson? Like people don't regret things that they did and they failed at. They only regret things that they didn't do. So taking that as like, okay, a lesson, right? You know, and I was listening to a podcast recently, a Brene Brown podcast with Daniel Pink, and he did a lot of research on regret. And he said, there are two kinds of regret. One is the Wait, no. Yes. Is this right? It's the, there's the fear of failure, 
So if you're not doing something, if you're not starting the project, it's very possible that you have a fear of failure, but you can also have a fear of regret. I have that big time. That is what fuels me to go out and make an idiot of myself in public. (laughs) It's because I have a fear of failure. Oh, 100%. I don't want to, like I said a million times already just now, I don't want to look bad. It feels terrible. It's embarrassing. Our culture does not leave a lot of wiggle room for you to make mistakes and fall on your face. And then we all applaud when you get up because you tried. That is not this world. (laughs) That is not our culture at all. So you have to create that. Like we have micro cultures. I have that with my friends, right? I have that, um, You know, I was just talking to a potential client this afternoon and she was like, I bombed on three different scenarios. You know, she's talking about really needing support around how to transition from talking to people like in conversation where it comes up what she does to like, hey, would you like to come see my beautiful healing space? Would you like to, you know, have a conversation about how I could help you potentially? She's like, oh, so she says, I had these three scenarios this week. I'm going to tell you the three scenarios. And um, at one point she said, I got funny and weird in the middle of it. I could feel myself getting that way, but I still talk to this person about what I do. And she got excited and wants to come over. And I was like, first of all, first, okay, there's so many things here, but one is like, congratulations on doing it. And this is, this is the other side is like, okay, so you do it and then you, you do it in a funny, weird, awkward way. And then you have like a little bit of a shame response afterwards, right? But that's part of the process. So like congratulations on having all these opportunities and doing it and then congratulations on doing it while feeling weird about it. And so to be able to pull that apart, you know, it's like when you have that feeling of like, oh, this feels weird, automatically you think that that's a no, I shouldn't keep going, but it's not a no. So to be able to distinguish between I did the thing, this is amazing, and I also felt weird, okay, let's take a closer look at that. Or maybe you just need to keep doing the thing weirdly, and then it just, you know, you kind of like burn off the awkwardness, right? Or you get to that place of like, fuck it, I'm just doing it. Because why? Because I have a fear of regret and it's gotten stronger than my fear of failure. And I know that people who are on their deathbed are like, fuck, I wish I'd done, I'm cursing a lot today. I wish I had done that. I don't regret the times that I fell on my face, right? Okay. I feel like I said everything I wanted to say around that. You never know, right? You start talking, but that's the other thing. You guys come on that you don't have to get it right. You don't have to get it right every single time. If I drop the ball on a thought, you can let me know and then I will respond to it in a future episode. Or while I'm editing this, I'll make notes and then I'll record something new. Which brings me to some of the things that I said in that first 15 or so minutes there, uh, the opening the opening moments of episode number 39 here of Dirt Road Less Traveled. You know, at one point I said something was a conversation for another time, but I actually want to talk about, and I just started to uh, just a second ago, talk about that, like the sweaty hell, the, the, the sleepless night before, or that shame storm after that happens that is part of starting a new project or a pursuit of some kind. Or, you know, if you're starting a healing thing or you're detoxing or cleansing, you get that like the detox results, the um, where your body's coughing up all those toxins and you feel worse. Like that's part of the healing process. It's the same thing with starting a project. You can feel worse <laughs> first. I remember how this client was just like, 
I actually feel a lot worse since starting working with you. And I was like, score, excellent. That's because you're paying attention to it. We're holding your feet to the fire. You're not wiggling, squirming out of it. And it just feels worse because you're not ignoring it. Or in her case, you're not overeating to cover it up. You're just feeling it. So this is a good sign. It feels terrible, but it's really a good sign. And so let's just remember, like my first day at the radio station, when I could not, it was in the middle of, it was the end of June, I think it was uh, June 30th, 2018. And uh, it was really hot. And I was so freaked out about going in and recording this, my first episode of the moment. And um, I just, I took a selfie and I, <laughs> I look like, I mean, sweating, red in the face. I look like I'm panting. My mouth is dangling open, you know? And then the next show host, who was, I want to say, 80 years old, walks in. She's like, it's really hot in here. I'm like, I just could not handle trying to figure out how the AC works (laughs) without losing eye contact with me. She just walks over with her index finger and presses the power button on the AC. Blessed cool air bursts into the studio. Hilarious, but really true. It's like, I didn't have the bandwidth for it. I was freaking out. I stayed focused. I did a good show, but I took a hit. And I took a selfie of it, right? Because it's like, we need proof in this superficial world that other people are out there struggling. It's not just the performance where they look great. People are out there really struggling, wrestling demons, (laughs) wrestling air conditioners, feeling foolish, totally anxious the night before. I watched an American Idol episode where it was just like all of these, um, all the like, you know, 20 people who'd been on American Idol and have had musical careers very successful over the past decade or so. And then they were going to perform back on American Idol. And they were like, I have not slept in three days. Somebody said, isn't that amazing? Somebody who already like won American Idol has a successful career, but then is coming back to perform for the Idol audience and the judges felt nervous, like sleeplessly nervous, you know? That's so cool, you know? And I love it too. Shows like that are great because the judges are like, okay, you lost the rhythm there. You hit a couple of notes that weren't quite it, but you kept showing up. You kept bringing it back. You brought a lot of emotion and soul, right? And they always say like bringing emotion and soul is more important than hitting all the notes perfectly. Because there's this guy on this season where he's hitting all the notes perfectly. I don't know how he managed to make it into the top seven. He's very pretty, I will say that. And he does have incredible pipes. And he leaves you a little cold. And the judges have said that from the beginning. They're like, I'm not really feeling it. You need to just stop trying to hit all the notes perfectly, which you can do effortlessly. And you need to bring a little bit of expression in. So he started like making more facial expressions, you know, and I said to Mike the other night, if I were his coach, I would say to him, because when he's receiving his uh, critique at the end of a song and the judges are saying, here's what you did well, here's what you didn't do well, he looks so vulnerable and scared. And that gets me interested So I said to Mike the other night, I would say to him, sing from your insecurities. I would like to see him sing from his insecurities. 
Now, you don't normally think of that as good advice. We're all trying to get back to confidence, right? And most people, you want them in their confidence. But for him, he his compensating program or like he really seems like he's overcompensated by being super joyous and like happy all the time with a big grin. And he has a little bit of like that youngest child, you know, which Mike is, by the way, like always reverts to humor and is like, but look at me, but you don't have to fight because look at me, right? That and that he's compensated and it's been such a success for him to live from that personality construct that he's lost his own connection and then he regains it in those moments of critique. But when he sings, he goes back into that compensation program. So for him, and maybe for you, is your compensation program one of insecurity or like uber confidence? And I'm always positive, always cheerful. I'm always the one who's like, but you've got this. Let's do it. I'm fine. We're all good. But in a way that you're like bypassing the truth of your feelings, you know? So I don't know. Just know everybody goes through <laughs> the pain. So just start the damn project. And I shared also a few weeks ago, but you've just listened to it a few minutes ago, probably how I talk with clients and like, okay, this is going to be an intuitive conversation. And then at the end, we're going to pin it down. I have always done that style. It's true to me and it's what my original coach did, but I haven't always believed like, is this going to work? But as time goes on, and I still occasionally have a moment where I'm like, I don't know how this call is going to pan out with this person, but my confidence Uh, in the process. It has varied, but it's gotten stronger and stronger. So I just want to make sure I'm not sending it out there like, well, this is the process that I use and it always works and I'm good with it. It's like, no, 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 no. First of all, I was trained in it. It's really natural for me and I have seen that it works, but I do often have moments of doubt, but then it always is like, wow, this really works. Now there are some people who are not a good fit for me or my style or who are not ready, you know, and open to being coached or, you know, their compensation program is like thinking a lot and talking a lot and not just being kind of settled and open to internal messages or or feedback that I'm bringing them. But for the right person, it really works. And that doesn't mean that I've always felt that fully or believed it, right? Until the end of the call. Always at the end of the call, I'm like, wow, it really worked. So just know that your level of confidence is going to vary and you will not get to the place where like I can just say like, oh, so I'll get on a strategy session, a breakthrough call with somebody and I'm like, okay, here, here's how this is going to go. You're going to let it all hang out, just speak stream of consciousness. And then at the end, we'll pin it down, we'll wrap it up. We'll, you know, we will make this very concrete at the end, but I don't want you censoring yourself first. I can say that very comfortably now because I have all of this experience. (laughs) At first, I don't even know that I was saying that. I don't even know that I knew to orient people to my style. Yeah, I don't know. I'd certainly feel very shaky saying it, but years, I've been doing this for years now. I've done hundreds of these kinds of calls, and I know that this style of mine works for me, and that part of the process of figuring out if I'm a good fit for somebody and they're a good client for me is to see if our styles match up, right? I'm not going to try to change my style for this person because no, I'll just be like, I'm not the right coach for you, right? So just know I couldn't have been able to even say like, hey, you know, this is how I do it. It's no, no big deal, no biggie. If I hadn't had those years of experience under my belt. The first time I did a strategy session, I could not, I was like walking around my house for hours. Like I'm like, not around my house, literally on the street, walking the streets around my house for hours because I was scared. I was really scared. I wonder what would have happened. The first person I did a strategy session with booked to work with me for six 
six months and paid me in full. Talk about a confidence booster. I was saying that to this potential client today. Listen, the experience that you will get from doing this. She also wants to start a one-on-one coaching program. She's been doing a bunch of other things up until this point. So she's very experienced in her work, but she's never put together a one-on-one coaching program where she actually charges people decent money kind of a thing. She's done group programs and healing sessions and all of that. And so I said, we won't know. We won't know until you've done it. When you've had this kind of a conversation with someone you really want to work with, who really wants to work with you, we're not going to know. But I just was just sort of imagining, like really feeling into that place of when you book your first client and they pay you money, my God, that's going to feel so good. And I know because that happened to me, but God, you know, you have to get started, which leads me to this question. Where do we get wounded? Why are we also, I was going to curse again. Why are we also fucking wounded around starting? You know, I've done episodes before where I talk about like finding the freedom to be a beginner, like just be a beginner. No, you know, we have that fear of failure. We've already talked about the fear of regret, which I think is a very motivating fear. Although I think I've gotten so hung up on regret at times that I haven't been able to appreciate what I have done and what I am doing. It's like, we're not taught to get to the shitty first draft. We're like graded on our, you know, on how neat our handwriting was and our papers and fill in the blank and all that busy work in school and how neatly we sat and how quiet we were as a student, right? I mean, it's just, we weren't taught to like make a mess of it. My father, actually, when my brother, um, when we were growing up, my father wouldn't let us have an eraser. He's like, if you make, like my father was an artist and a creative, uh, just for me describing the house, I think you get the impression. So he was like, if you're going to be making pencil drawings, you don't need an eraser. There are no mistakes in art. You just need to incorporate the quote unquote mistake into the art that you're making. And he, when my brother was little, um, he took my brother out of art classes and brought him just down the street from the elementary school to my dad's painting studio. And he's like, we'll do art for an hour and I'll bring him back to school. And he said to the art teacher, you're ruining my son's creativity. Because I don't know about you, but my early school projects were like, okay, we're going to make a flower today out of paper. And then they would show you like, here's how you cut. Or they would have like all of the pre-cut petals and then you just assembled it with glue on the page. I was fine with that. I'm, I'm not an artist like that. Although it is great to get, I mean, and in fact, I would say this probably, I felt like, I wasn't creative or artistic enough in the sense of like painting or sculpture. Growing up, I'm like, just give me the template. My father was like, no paint by numbers. I'm like, I just want to paint by numbers just because it's fun to do the colors and the water and all that. But it's like, but I can take that approach to writing, right? Or podcasting or public speaking. I remember when I was doing this big public speaking training going on 10 years ago and, and the day before this big event, it was like a it was called Hell Yeah X. You can actually see my talk from that day on my YouTube channel. So you can go there, Maya Wild. It's, um, God, is it from 2013, I think. It's from a long time ago. You can go check that video out. Permission to trust yourself was my topic. And my style has certainly evolved since then. But God, it gave me such permission to just like get up on stage and give this talk, which I'd rehearsed and the two coaches gave their feedback. So I wasn't going out there cold. And it was me and like 40 of us 
right? Doing this that day. And it was a six month program. So this stuff takes time. Like, remember that it takes time. You need help. Hire yourself some help. Throw money at the problem. You know what I mean? Like sometimes people are like, oh, you're so lucky. I'm like, lucky? I just spent $25,000 on this coaching program and was like, endured a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of like looking foolish. But the day before we were all scheduled to give our talks live in Los Angeles, they sat us down like, okay, this is the locker room. Like, who are you going to be in the locker room? after you've done this and maybe you failed at it. You know, like, what if you fall off the stage? And we're like, what? I just, I was like, you could fall off the stage? Like, I wasn't even scared of that. Um, now I am. Um, and one woman who was, uh, she wasn't one of the main coaches. She was helping out with the program. She shared a story. She said she actually passed out in the middle of a talk once, like fell on her face, hit her head, came to, stood up and finished the talk. But those are the kind of people you need to be around, right? You know, you want to be around people who are like, you can make the worst horrible mistake. Like you can really flub this thing and we're going to love you. We're going to talk about it. How are you going to love yourself and learn from it in the locker room afterwards? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You know, I actually sent out a newsletter today about that. Just remembering back to that point in my late 30s when I just felt like my whole life was falling apart, which actually is what I talk about in that speech, just really in this breakdown place of what's the point? I didn't know people who were really happy in their lives. I didn't know people who were really relaxed about themselves, who really liked themselves. And fortunately, I had a couple of people in my corner who were like, no, it's possible. You can find this out. And I kept seeking, you know? And I, I I went and found some people. Maybe I didn't even know them, but I saw some public figures. I'm like, they seem to really be doing this thing where they're out there and then they're, they're experimenting and they're finding themselves and expressing themselves. And so, you know, using them as like mentors, right? Even though I've never met them, right? And then also just accessing that in myself, like really practicing it, like practicing, um, you know, falling on my face, (laughs) putting money down on myself, you know? Um, And I think too, like my writing background helped where it's like, really recognizing that concept of a shitty first draft, just start the shitty first draft. And then also really like when you're in creator mode and writing mode, and a lot of people get jammed up here, I love writing mode. I also love editing mode. But I really like writing mode so much that I don't get in my head around it. I just get into the flow. I really feel like when I write, I tap into something. So you might also want to think about where do you tap into something, right? Like where is the place where you get into flow? I'm going to be doing a podcast on the state of flow. So if you haven't listened to that, listen, like stay tuned. I think I'm releasing that at the same time as I release this one. So three episodes coming out all at once. Um, But if you haven't listened, go find that one on a state of flow. Where do you get into that place where time is no object and you're just expressing yourself and feeling like you just are like, oh, this is, I'm in ease. This is great. I love this. Um, So writing is like that for me. And then I really enjoy editing, but they're two different roles. They're two different sides of myself. And so This is what I would recommend to you, whether it's writing or something else. There's creator mode and there's editor mode. And don't get jammed up by trying to do both at the same time, right? I mean, that surely goes for sex, doesn't it? Like when you're in your head, you're not enjoying yourself, nor are you a great lover. So note to self. (laughs) 
Which also leads me to something else I wanted to touch on, which is your personality type, right? Some of us are so, like there are some people who are like so creative, letting it all hang out. And you're like, you need some structure up in there, right? Just, I don't want to listen to you talk because it just, I feel like the energy is just falling all over the place. And then there are some people who are so rigid, it's like, do you have a soul? (laughs) Right? You're like, I do. (laughs) I don't believe you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that singer I just mentioned. So you want to start with and work with like who you are. Start with who you are. Start where you are. Meet yourself where you are. And really acknowledge your personality type. One of the fun things I love to do is really, really start to help people. You know, there's all kinds of quizzes out there on the internet, right? You know, and there's some really phenomenal books that have been written about this. Like what are some different ways that we can categorize our personality types? And it's really helpful because if you know, like, if you can take a quiz or read a book, you know, and I do this with my clients, I, I and I'm obsessed with it for myself, just then you can, we're, we're so much operating blind with ourselves because we're inside and we have all of our mixed up feelings and all of our old wounding, right? And all of everything is in there. And so we can't see ourselves clearly. And when you start to like, say, take a personality test and then you see like, oh, wow, that's me. Like, let's say you're a type A person versus a type B or a creative versus like a more rigid, right? Then you can go, okay, that's me. Then you know what you're working with. You know where your strengths are. You know maybe where you take it too far with your strengths and they start to turn into a weakness. But so just start the damn project. Just start getting to know yourself, right? Start with who you are and also recognize like, oh, these are my gaps. I got some gaps. So just start the project. Oh, you know, something else important to say here really is when it's your brand new project and it's your brand new little baby, it's really tender. You're really tender. So don't go indiscriminately showing your new poem to everybody or telling everybody that you're going to be quitting your job or leaving your marriage or you're going to lose 150 pounds or whatever it is. Now, I know that there are some schools of thought that are like, tell everybody. There, there are times for that. And then there are times when it's so fragile and you're so vulnerable and you've, you've got all of that old heart, heartbreak, right? Just waiting at the door to come crashing in when this thing falls apart, that you need to be really protective of yourself, So there are times where that vulnerability, you want to just start it with yourself. Maybe you just buy a journal and you start writing in the journal a little bit, some of your secret innermost thoughts and feelings. Maybe that's how you start. It doesn't have to be something overt. We had no electricity a couple of weeks back for like four or five days. We got the most snowfall, the heaviest snowfall ever in like the space of two hours and healthy trees just started falling down. It was nuts. Mike had to chainsaw his way out of the driveway to get up the driveway. I was just stuck here because I didn't have snow tires on my car anymore. It was like the end of April, right? So we wound up going out to dinner. I cooked one dinner on the stove. Did I mention this? I don't think so. I don't think... I might have mentioned it somewhere. I'm like, hmm, what time is it? What day is it? What have I recorded so far? I don't know. I cooked dinner one time on the stove, which felt very victorious and kind of fun and adventurous. And we know that adventure is one of my soul values. Then we went out to dinner one night and it turns out it was karaoke night. And so Mike was like, we have to stay until I sing a Frank Sinatra song. And uh, we'd been hanging out. We'd, we saw some people we knew and met some new people there. And... Uh, when he got up to sing, people were like getting whip- whiplash. Like, wait, wait, is that Mike? Wait, no, that's not. He's so good. People are like, no. Like these college students said to Mike afterwards, a bunch of guys were like, you got to stay and sing more, man. Like he's that 
smooth with it. And I know that this is one of the things that I want to do. I love to sing, but it's not a gift. I bring a lot of soul. (laughs) My vocals, eh, you know? So I know that I want to sing karaoke and that this is something that I really want to break through on. That was not my night. I was exhausted. We had not slept well. I was like a little bit strung out. I was managing. I (laughs) I took one shower at my mother. She came to pick me up. I took a couple of calls. It was extremely stressful and it was very cold too. So we had no heat, obviously. We we made fires, but we were at the end of our firewood. The generator is in the shop, like all of this stuff. So I'm like, this is not my night. This is not my crowd. I'm going to do karaoke at some point, but this isn't it. Like, I'm not ready to do this thing right now, tonight, it's not the right conditions. And also, God, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, there are moments where you just need to get up there and sing it. And I have to say, as bad as some people are at karaoke, you have to give it to them that they got up there and they sang. Because there is something about breaking the ice with yourself, undoing something like that, right? Hmm, I'm starting to think now. Maybe I'll be reporting back that Maya has done karaoke. I'm not feeling it, though. thing. Like also give yourself a little room. Like, all right. You know, I had this sign up for a long time, just an index card that said risk publicly over my desk. So I'm going to recommend that you do something like that. And then also like take some public risks and then maybe you still have a place like an inner chamber where you're like, not that yet. Right. Like me with karaoke. Hmm. I've had a lot of breakthroughs in terms of singing. I remember when I broke up with my Brooklyn boyfriend, we'd been together six years and I moved into my own place in in Brooklyn. God, it was just such a beautiful apartment. It's one of those places. The first night I was there, wasn't even unpacked and I felt like I was home. And I've had a guitar since 13, never learned how to play it. Started teaching myself a few chords and uh, I chose three songs and I started singing them to myself, drinking a lot of vodka. I was in distal, like I had to literally drink liquid courage to sing alone in my own apartment. Isn't that interesting? There felt like there was something really big weighing on that, like something really big on the line there. And then one night, my ex and I were just catching up on the phone, uh, and he was so comfortable singing. We had, I'm remembering now, we had sung some songs together when we were together like a, a few years before, but he was like a professional singer, right? And so that had felt really good that I'd done that with him. Um, I remember we did some like weird harmony version of like, Oh My Darling, Clementine. That was a lot of fun. But I felt like I needed a lot of hand-holding. He wasn't up for it. So that night, after we'd broken up, and I, I sang a song for him, and he was like, I don't know what he said. I don't even really remember. If he was like, yeah, that wasn't bad. That was pretty good. Something like that. It wasn't great. He wasn't like, wow, you're amazing. You really need to go on the road. That was not That was not the feedback. But it also wasn't super critical. or it wasn't. It, the point was that I had that breakthrough. So maybe I'm ready for my next breakthrough. Maybe it's not karaoke. Maybe I need to baby step it back like 27 steps. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I don't know, who can I sing for? The dog. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to start. It's, it's, I've sung, I've sung in, in front of Mike as we're cooking dinner a few times, and he's enjoyed that. He's just so much better than I am, you know what I mean? And so he gets a little impatient, right, which I get with him for other things. So, you know, all of this is, it's a work in progress. You're a work in progress. You know, I was thinking this just about a client last night or this morning, where I realized this book that I'm reading, it's the third time that I've read this book over the past eight years. Like, yeah, there are some things that she needs to get results on to show herself that she is effective, right? And when I talk to her this week, I want to make sure that I say to her, but this work, this, this, this is an invitation into the ride of your life, which is getting to know yourself and getting to express yourself. 
So that's what I'm inviting you into. I'm inviting you into join me here in just starting the damn project of like living consciously, right? Taking ownership of your life and making a fool of yourself and just laughing gently and coming to the end of your life going, I did that, I did that, I did that. Do I want to get to the end of my life and not, not having sung karaoke? I don't. I just got to know I'm going to have to do it. But I'm going to start, I'm going to meet myself where I am. I'm going to figure out my baby steps and I'm going to just remember that I'm on this ride. It's an unfolding, a journey. And you're on your ride. You're on your own unfolding journey. So where do you need to meet yourself? What's the thing that you need to start? What's the step, the baby step, the little thing or the big? I mean, hell, knock it out of the park, you know, blow yourself out of the water. Go for it. All right. (laughs) till next time okay wait a second (laughs) we're not done yet i'm looking up speculate because that was one thing i forgot to do that i wanted to do it's an intransitive verb oh i forgot to mention i am going to be doing a grammar corner as part of season two of dirt road less traveled now some of you are going to be vomiting inside yourselves right now and some of you are going to be feeling all beautifully righteous and like, yes, grammar, it's about time. So I am passionate about grammar and language, and I'm curious about it too. And I don't know what an intransitive verb is. I need to look this up. Um, But let's read about what speculate means. To engage in a course of reasoning, often based on inconclusive evidence, conjecture, or theorize. Or no, that's a semicolon. Mm, Lots of grammar in this corner today. So speculate, right? I brought this up at the beginning of the podcast. You can be stuck in speculation for a really long time, but you need to get into action, right? So speculate. Let's click this for a sec. Speculate. Oh, he sounds so cheerful. To engage in a course of reasoning often based on inconclusive evidence. Semicolon, conjecture or theorize. That, to me, conjecture or theorize, isn't conjecture a noun and theorize a verb? That seems weird. To engage in a course of reasoning or conjecture or... Th- nope. Anyway, wow, I'm having a hard time with whatever this, this dictionary is online right here. Okay, then two, to engage in the buying or selling of a commodity with an element of risk on the chance of profit. I actually like that if we were going to change like commodity to your project, right? You're to engage in the la 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 of, let's say, okay. So it's to engage in the starting of the damn project with an element of risk on the chance of success, profit. How fun is that? That's fun. In that case, speculation is good because you're engaging in doing something with an element of risk on the chance that you will be successful. Uh, And the third definition here is to assume to be true without conclusive evidence. So if you're assuming like, well, I, I mean, there's already so many speakers out there or there's so many whatever it is or well, I haven't gone to college or I need to lose weight or I'm too old or only men or only women do this thing, right? That's your assumption with, with zero conclusive evidence. Like the way I felt in my 30s, He's like, wow, life is really hard. It is, it is hard. Okay, actually that remains true. But like, are there people who really like their lives and who love themselves and who are freely expressing themselves and feeling a lot of success and satisfaction and fulfillment in their lives? Well, the, it turns out the answer is yes, but I was really starting to assume based on my own life that no, this is just going to be a slog forever. And I still have sloggy moments, which I'm learning as part of my personality program. 
So that's been an interesting freeing because I, I, I had to stop assuming to be true without conclusive evidence. Despite all of the evidence in my own life, that's not enough evidence to get from your own life or even the people you know you need to expand yourself. So if you're going to speculate, remember the, the verb speculation is, is based a lot on inconclusive evidence and conjecture and theorizing and assuming assuming we know what that means. So you need to get out of speculation and into action, meaning engaging in something, engaging in your project with an element of that mm, sexy risk on the chance of some kind of success, breakthrough, new discovery, or just the thrill of self-expression. I'm sorry, we are almost done here. Transitive verb. Okay, people, I just had the most ridiculous experience trying to bring this podcast episode in for a landing. I got really excited after I recorded that about speculate and speculation and that it's a what kind of a verb it is. And then I was like, I don't know what that is. So I went and I looked up. I got very excited. I looked up transitive verbs. And transitive verbs, actually, interestingly enough, are like, you can't say he builds without saying like, you know, he builds companies or whatever it is. There's actually a whole, let me see if I can find that list again. In trans, oh my God, this is not so fun to do it with you guys. (laughs) Oh God, this is so confusing. Okay. This might be why some of you give up on grammar. Okay. So speculate I misunderstood, I misremembered, and I was like, speculate is a transitive verb. So I looked up transitive verb examples, and I got all these great things. Okay, here's a list. This is the list I was looking at before. Really fun stuff, like um, get. This room gets what? Very little sunshine. Refuse. I politely refused. Refused what? Their invitation, right? Send. She sent the letter. By airmail. Wait, I don't think it's the by airmail part. Anyway, I, I got really in the groove of like, oh my God, of course you can see how speculate, you have to speculate about something. You have to, this whole thing. And then I finished recording and was about to go call it a wrap for this episode. And I was like, wait, is speculate transitive or intransitive? It is an intransitive verb. So an intransitive verb indicates a complete action without being accompanied by a direct object. That's what an intra- no it yes, that's what an intransitive verb is. Oh my God. So speculate sentence examples. If you want me to speculate, I'd say it ran far deeper than that. I like that one. I won't speculate on what that size is, but it certainly is not size zero. <laughs> Which irked her for reasons she didn't want to speculate about. That's an area where I wouldn't even dare to speculate. It didn't make him feel warm and fuzzy to speculate after the lawyer's letter to Cynthia Byrne. I don't know where these sentences are coming from. That's really a lot of fun. Okay, so we've talked about speculation. You don't have to speculate about something. Do you? Don't you? Intransitive verb. To engage in a course of reasoning often based on inconclusive evidence. No, that's just that's just the definition of speculate. We've already been there. God, it's the end of the week. Can you tell? I'm tired. I'm tired. And it's okay to be tired and to have too many Google windows open. Transitive verb. I'm just going to go back there. Transitive verb. Definition. Transitive verb takes an object. That's, it's just really interesting to think about. The reason that I like this, so the etymology, like where the word comes from in Latin uh, for transitive verbs means to go across. Trans, right? Trans, interesting. That's a word that comes up a lot um, these days. This is so funny. The princess kissed. Kissed what? Kissed a frog. Oh God, there's so many more cool things here. I'm gonna let this go though right now. I'm sure you've had enough of this grammar corner. This is my, this is my first attempt at the grammar corner. <laughs> oh! 
maybe I need to rehearse it a little bit. Um, but we're going to leave that. We're going to let that sit there and we're not going to speculate any further. Uh, we're not going to read any more meanings into anything. And with that, I bid you adieu until next time. You know what I just thought? Yeah, my initial grammar corner, total mess. <laughs> total fucking fiasco. And you know what? So what? I started the damn project. I started the damn project. I had the creative idea. I got excited. I've been thinking about it for months. I've been talking about it with people. Some people are like, yes. And other people are like, oh, that's <laughs> they don't want to deal. But it's my idea. It's my project. Screw the naysayers. Screw getting it right. <laughs> Who cares? It's Friday afternoon. I'm exhausted. And I want this in the bag. And I tried it, damn it. I started the damn project, damn it. I started the damn project. <laughs> and with that, I really bid you adieu. Till next time. Stay true. Grammar Corner. <laughs> Maybe this is instead of my karaoke, I'm just going to start singing my own theme song that I also write as a non-singer, non-songwriter. Welcome to, wait, or should I go sultry? Welcome to Maya Wilde's Grammar Corner. (laughs) I don't think that works. Okay. Welcome to Grammar Corner. I couldn't even pull it off. Welcome to Grammar Corner. I'm hearing it in this like 1950s harmony, right? Can I harmonize with myself? And then I probably can, right? And then I can edit it on multiple tracks on good old GarageBand. Welcome to Grammar Corner. 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 Corner! Grammar Corner! Are you looking for an energetic, inspiring, knowledgeable, wisdom and insight generating, mesmerizing speaker for your club, group, team, or mastermind? Those are not my words. Those are snippets of testimonials from people who've attended my talks. If you're looking for a speaker to galvanize your people into action, to break through life's general malaise and the ruts we all get into, and even the fear and anxiety and depression that's running so rampant in the world today, so that your audience actually has the lived transformational experience of connection, a sense of belonging and laughs their ass off at the absurdities of being human, book me to speak at your event. My most popular talks are Driving the Dirt Road Less Traveled, Live a No Regrets Life as Your Wild Free Self, which is a talk designed to motivate listeners to stop waiting for their real life to begin and to feel excited to get out of bed in the morning today. Heal old emotional baggage, reclaim your fabulous intuitive self, and uncover your true motivations so you stop falling off the wagon, all while embracing the glorious mystery of being alive so you can finally express the hell out of your true self on this crazy ride we call life. Or you could go for, this is not a rehearsal, a crash course in claiming the life you were meant to live, where participants walk away knowing improvisation techniques for real life situations, create fewer regrets and recover fast when you didn't handle it the way you wish you had, quick tricks for discovering your life's purpose and finding your tribe, waste less time on people, places, and things that are not right for you, and that laughter really is the best medicine. No more crying over your life situation, but instead happily embracing the absurd and laughing your way right through this lifetime and into the next one. Or you can invite me in for a channeled event created exclusively for your people. Book me at mayawild.com or by emailing me directly at hello at mayawild.com where you can request my speaker sheet, media packet, or to reserve your next level self-realization event where the talk is deep but never heavy. 
that's mayawild.com, or email me directly at hello at mayawild.com. What's the dirt road less traveled? It's owning the unexpected adventure of your life. Yeah, you're covered in mud, no map in hand, but you feel so alive, like your life has real meaning, and you're absolutely on the right path. You've been listening to Dirt Road Less Traveled. If you like what you hear, share an episode with a friend or share many episodes with several of your friends and make sure that you hit subscribe. And if you want to find out how to connect what we talk about on the show to your own life, come check out what's happening at mayawild.com. The conversation over there is all about how to live like you're on a mission. And what's that mission? Doing life as the real you. Living on purpose, healing all the old, being able to envision the new, and of course, expressing the hell out of yourself. That's mayawild.com. I'm Maya Wild. This is Dirt Road Less Traveled. Until next time, stay true to yourself out there.